Live from the 93.7 The Ticket Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, this is Inside the Huddle with Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Fires a pass, and it's intercepted by the Huskers at the 25, Jay Foreman. And Foreman takes it down to the 19-yard line of Oklahoma. Another big play by the Blackshirts. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging. Good morning, another early morning. Jay Foreman inside the huddle brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging located at 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. You can definitely meet all your medical needs, whether it's MRI, diagnosis, and game plan. With that being said, welcome to 2024. Uh, Still a little dark outside, so we got to uh, brighten the lights out here. But what's been bright, Harrison, has been the, obviously the, early signing period obviously was really you know it was really really bright um and then after that you kind of had a little bit of a lull but then also i will tell you harrison that you know you had carter nelson and, and i think uh bricks and one other player uh played in the i think i don't know they have so many all, all american games mm. and before we get into the portal weekend um I got a chance to watch about three quarters of that game and to see Carter Nelson uh, play, obviously 11, you know, regular football with, you know, 11 on 11 and be everything that, uh, you know, you would, you had heard as far as fast, quick catch, physical. Yeah. Physicality um, physical, right away. Right. That's what you want right there. Um, I, you know, I'm pretty sure he want he was excited to go down there you know, improve himself and more or less uh, not prove himself to anybody else, but, you know, prove himself, you know, make everything that he knows that he is, you know, internally, um, you know, come to light. And he certainly did. They all did. And that's a really good, you know, sign for Nebraska, you know, for the, you know, the present and the future. You just never know what um, can happen. Obviously, there's a long, you know, long time before, um you know, fall camp and you got a lot, you know, pretty long process before that can happen. And so I think that's, you know, part two of it. Right. And it's like three parts where I think you have, you had a phenomenal sign a day. I think Nebraska, I mean, obviously Nebraska wasn't the number one recruiting class, but I think, you know, flipping um, Dylan Riola, um, then obviously, you know, keeping Carter Nelson. Cause I think, was it Notre Dame or somebody kind of came in at the very end because they were yeah, up in Notre Omaha, mm-hmm. you know, uh, seeing, you know, the Rezacs. And so, you know, it was great that, you know, you kind of had him again um, along with, uh, you know, but even before that, we got Bricks and, and the host of other guys. That was the first part. Then the second part was kind of like a, like I wouldn't even call it an asterisk, but it was just like, okay, well, let's see what these guys do on a national stage, right? So, you know, look, if for the coaches, they got to really get another – eye on evaluating you know their recruits um that they already committed to so these are your guys right so you get like okay let's see what they do against so-and-so that we had maybe offered and the you know they had picked another school or oh this kid was a bama commit and we saw a host of other kids announce their commits but it's not just watching your players you know that, that are committed it's watching the others and then watching how your players play against them and it's the best competition that all these kids are going to play against 
Because no matter what high school you went to, if you had four guys that were going, say, power five, you're playing against about 50 guys that are going power five or, you know, or high mid-major. This is the best competition you're going to face before you get to college in a game. Now, granted, it's not too much game planning and all that, but still, I think it was a really good, um, you know, another kind of confirmation for the coaches. You know, we're like, okay, yeah, we this is what we, we thought and this is what he can improve on. This is where actually he might be better at. Um, obviously, Carter Nelson was the highest rated guy out there, and he definitely, I think, um, proved himself, but really set himself up for a good opportunity. Now, granted, that was his high school, but still, you got to give him uh, credit there. And then it seems like as soon as the new year hit that you started to hear portal news. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, oh, okay, well, you know, the well, actually, the running back from uh, Oregon, right, Dante Dowdell, right, 6'2", 218 pounds, he, he committed to coming on a visit, like, right before the new year. So we kind of knew that he was coming. And then you kind of started to hear about Jamal Banks, right, the 6'4", 205-pound uh, receiver, uh, I think from Wake Forest, right? And then you like then you start to hear a little bit of rumblings about a couple linebackers, which obviously always made me happy, right? I mean, you lose Luke Reimer, uh, Nick Heinrich uh, decided to you know medical retire. Obviously, he had the unfortunate you know knee injury, and and, and he's battled and and he's been a captain. And then also, um, you know, the process of coming back, you know, it was, it was a very thoughtful move on his part. You know, he's a smart kid; he already graduated and stuff. So then you see uh, Xer Alexander, mm-hmm. a former three-star uh, recruit, Idaho, very productive kid, uh, can play all different types of positions. It looks like 6'2", 215 pounds. Um, so that means he just fits right in there where project them probably get up to maybe 220, 225. So you're thinking maybe Jack, you're thinking maybe like a weak side inside linebacker, but he has experience of playing. And, and obviously what is that? You know, that's the, you know, right outside of obviously power five. So, you know, it, that's a guy that you really want. And then the one that's really the most interesting here is Stefan Thompson because of Tony White knows him better than anybody on this staff. And he was hurt in 2022, Tony, Tony White's last year, came back and uh, ended up uh, fifth on the team in tackles after an injury. So to do that, meaning to do that, to come back from an injury, reestablish yourself and then go through the process. I call it by playing and rehabbing probably the first part of the season and then be uh, pretty productive uh, is obviously a step in the right direction. And he's 600, 6'1", 245 pounds. I mean, he's coming down. He's going to rock the mic a little <laughs> bit. You know, <laughs> that that's it right there, Harrison. That lets you know um, what he can do. And here's a better thing about it. Uh, he's, he's from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, and I can tell you that when you know they play a pretty good brand of football there, and so he he's going to step right in if, if we can get him to commit. Um, I guess all the pressure goes on Tony White, right, to get him to commit. And so, oddly enough, uh, over the weekend we got a uh, commitment from Dante Dowdell, right, which is great. He adds to the running back room. So when you think you got Emmett Johnson, uh, Gabe Irvin, you know you feel a little bit comf- more comfortable there, right? Um, Gabe Irvin obviously's you know freak injuries, been injury prone. 
the emergence of Emmett, Emmett Johnson is was huge. Right? Yeah, that's just icing on the cake. Right. I mean, he played really well down the right, stretch. Right, and he us. and I can guarantee. I know his mindset. He's thinking this is you got to beat me out, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be. It's not gonna be easy. Yeah, I mean, I think going into it, like you look at him as one of your front runners already. It's one A and one B. Yeah. However, whoever it is, you know, they're both gonna play. Now, here's the most interesting guy that we just got to commit from late last night. It came just right before my Houston Texans put them Indianapolis Colts heads to bed. And it was Isaiah Nayer, the receiver, or the, yeah, the receiver from the University of Texas, by the way, of, from the University of Wyoming. And here's what I think is good before we go to break. He was at University of Wyoming, was a legit deep threat. He averaged, I think, close to 20, or a little bit over 20 yards per catch, transferred to Texas. And it was funny, Harrison, a few years ago, I was watching the Wyoming game. And he was he was literally dicing guys up, and the announcers were like, "Yeah, he's going in the portal." And I'm like, "He's going in the portal." There's two games left, <laughs> and he's still out here murking guys. It's like, you know, like you do the pregame stuff. Hey, yeah, you're having a great season. Yeah, I'm just letting you know I'm going in the portal, <laughs> but I'm gonna still go out here and work out. Now he was one of the highest like rated guys in the going into the portal, and you got to think. Remember, USC was looking at him. Yeah, it was it came down between USC and Texas. He chose Texas, went down there and got hurt and battled his way back, played but never could, you know, and now granted, breaking into that receiver core in Texas is a hard deal. Um but he's healthy. He came up here, great opportunity. He is from Texas originally, so that lets you know Matt Rule and staff have a good um you know, playbook on him prior to him even coming on a visit. Also, Craig Ball I think was here during the spring so they if that was something that they maybe had projected they could have asked coach bowl i'm sure you know just by meaning so there is a lot of background on him he committed so we got two good commits and hopefully we can get all five of them that'd be great i think that would be that would i mean i don't get into the portal rankings because i look portal at portal rankings based on what you need and i think we're we're we got two big ones, which we needed, mm-hmm. a veteran receiver. If we could get Jamal Banks, ideally both the linebackers are one of them, I think Matt Rule and those guys would be – Matt Rule and staff would be very happy with this uh, portal weekend. It's going to be hard for them to leave without committing because it's, it's right around the corner too. So you're mm-hmm. getting them at the right time. So the timing is everything. And it is time for us to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and put a bow on this thing. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the uh, – national championship game here in in a little bit over 24 hours and what it takes and what the prep is like the day before uh, a national championship game. Jay Foreman, Inside the Huddle, brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging. We'll be right back. Back to Inside the Huddle, sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging. Here is your host, Jay Foreman. We're back, Jay Foreman. Inside the Huddle, brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging, 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. Um, national Championship game in a little bit over, what is that, Air Harrison? Would that be like if it 36 hours about? Uh, was it 8 o'clock, right? Yeah. 8 o'clock, yeah. Yeah, so about 36 hours. Both teams, um, look, you're getting two undefeated teams. This is the best of the best. Um, styles make fights. You got the brute force of Michigan. Uh, versus the pre- precision um, passing attack and athletic ability of Washington. So it's whoever can stay within their game. You know, it's not like Washington is not physical, but they have an 
excellent quarterback, and I would probably say he probably should have won the Heisman. Um, they have the best receiving core in the in the nation, where Michigan feels like they have the best defense in the nation. Uh, two older teams, right? So that's what you get. Look for for coaches out there. If you can keep guys around, they continue to uh, get better and, and uh, create a culture. You can you know somehow find a way of getting into this uh, college football playoffs. But I always think it's it, it's interesting to look back on uh, what it's like to play in one of these games. And it's very interesting for a younger player. So like when I was a redshirt freshman starting and about to play Florida, it's excitement. It's definitely, you definitely nervous. Um, you aren't scared, but you're definitely, you know, wanting to make sure that you don't go out there and mess up so as a you know the redshirt freshman i was thinking like hey i just want to go out there and make a few plays and, and and then we just continue to dominate whereas my junior year when we were about to play tennessee it was full on we're out here to prove something and i have to make plays you know i have to show up and it's a difference in mentality so you're going to see a difference in the players um i don't think there's an advantage either way um you know, the two different styles of coaching, I think, is is different based on the experience where Jim Harbaugh and those guys um, haven't been to the championship. They're here. Um, and it was interesting that when they got to Houston, they immediately had a walkthrough. One, to correct some mistakes. But two, I think, to keep them focused and maybe on schedule mentally. And then where you had Washington, who had a little bit farther to travel, and they were, you know, catching up on their sleep. I like the board's uh, mindset of letting the guys know, look, this is a huge game. This is the biggest game of your life. He told them the first game, this is the biggest game you're going to play in your life right now, up until this point. I like it because he's not going to lie to you. It's a, this is a huge game. Mm -hmm. This is a huge opportunity. And you won. And guess what? This is the biggest game that you might play in for the even the guys that go and play professional football that you might play in your life. And the reason why I know is because to play on, or to be on a team with three national championships and play and start in two of them, those two games, now granted, I played in some big NFL games, right, in, in playoff games, but the magnitude of the championship games, national championship games, were way bigger than those. Just think about that. You you're on the national stage. There's yeah, one game on. One game, mm -hmm. but this is it. That you're, you're in, and it's different. Now, if I would have been fortunate enough to play in Super Bowls and win Super Bowls, Super Bowls obviously leapfrog that, right? But when you think about it, you win. You know, I won. You know, three national championships and got in. And you're you're legend. Not I, I don't consider myself a legend, but you're legendary teams. You're a yeah. part of something very special. There's five here at Nebraska. I was on three. So you separate yourself, the ability to do something, something that you never forget. And when you're at the University of Washington or Michigan, you are thought of as the team or one of the teams that got it done. And, you know, when you get up to in a team wise legendary status, it's it's coaching wise. Jim Harbaugh, this will be the first time winning a national championship. And, you know, it was he lost to his brother in the Super Bowl. Um Lost a couple times in college football playoffs. Um, obviously dealt with a you know a ton of uh, scrutiny this this year, uh, rightfully so. And then you have DeBoer that kind of you know he's from South Dakota, uh, went to Fresno, lit it up at Fresno, kind of an offensive guy. Uh, actually went to Indiana, brought Michael Penix there, 
kind of thought, okay, Washington's a good story last year. They're close, but they'll just always be throwing around the yard and never can win the big game. Well, that defense against Oregon lets you know that they're there when they play with a nasty edge. And then also they dominated Texas until the very last quarter or so where they kind of got out of rhythm is ball control. Mm-hmm. You're getting to two of the best coaches, two of the best teams. Um, it's going to be a battle. And how they handle these next 36 hours is really going to dictate the outcome of the game. Has anyone got an edge for you? Has any team in particular? Because to me, it's either Michael Penix Jr. has got to have the best game of his career or Michigan's going to walk away with it. Uh, yeah, I think if if uh, it, I think it's going to come down to can Washington contain the the running game. I feel like they match up outside. They play the, against the best receivers in the nation in practice. Mm-hmm. If they can contain the, the the running game, right, and and keep Michigan make make McCarthy beat them, they're fine. On the flip side, Michigan thinks they have the best defensive back room. They feel like they have five pro guys. That's what they feel like. Yeah, I mean, and, and, they, and, and, they handled Alabama. That, and, that's why I'm like in the real defensive about in, this. in the defensive backfield. Mm-hmm. But they ain't seen nothing like this before. They thought Marvin Harrison was the best receiver in the nation. You're about to see him tonight or tomorrow night, and you got the best quarterback in the nation. And then also, the University of Washington's offensive line won the Joe Moore Award. So I, I you know, really, it's going to come down to. Can Michigan establish their run game? And then can Washington run the ball enough just to stay on schedule? Whoever does that best wins this game. Yeah, I'm right there with yeah. you. If Quorum yeah. has the night, yeah. I don't see them winning. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I just, I'm just hoping for a big, a great game. Mm-hmm. That's what, when you come down, is you just hope for it's the great game. Last year was a letdown. I think this is going to be a great game. Nobody will ever be out of it. Anyways, uh, quick uh, inside the huddle, Jay Foreman. Brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. Pete Ferguson is next. We'll see you next week.